What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the June 8th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, Joey. What's up, buddy? Absolutely, sir. From what is soon to be potentially the smog capital of the world uh, here in Washington, D.C. area, as we see those Canadian wildfire action move its way down from was it New York was the most toxic, then Philadelphia. Philadelphia stuck for a while. (laughs) No surprise there. Uh, And then it's kind of moving its way down here. Hopefully it starts to move out toward the Atlantic so we don't get caught too, too much in the apocalyptic look of New York. But overall, we are we're still kicking for now, John. Joe, all I have to say is Blizzard could not have timed this any better for promoting their new Diablo 4 game. Uh, I don't know if you saw those ads in New York, um, but it just looked like perfect for the Diablo release. The welcome to that, hell ads. <laughs> yeah, with that with that uh, uh, evil apocalyptic sky behind it. Uh, very, very interesting. Nation, make sure you're following the show on Twitter and Facebook. Follow at OTN Media. And while you're on Twitter, make sure you give Joey myself a follow. Follow Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco. If you're here on Twitch with us, uh, thank you for tuning in. And you can check out uh, those links, uh, those usernames, I should say, uh, by the mugshots you're currently staring at. Those videos right below that, those are our handles. If you listen to the podcast version of the show later on down the road, they'll be in the show notes for you below. And Nation, speaking of the podcast version of the show, while we do insist that the best place to experience Level Up is on Twitch, we do offer the podcast version available roughly 24 hours after the live stream is over. Check it out on your podcatcher of choice. Check out the Level Up podcast available the next day, really, after Twitch. Uh, Extra credit, sub to OTN on Twitch using your Amazon Prime, your Twitch Prime gamer sub, um, whatever it is. they're taking away our ad space, so you know there, there you go. It's it's as simple as. Oh no, wait, I'm sorry. They 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 what's that? Yeah, they they just changed it again. They're 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 changing their mind on an every thirty second basis there. Uh, but yes, uh, use your Prime sub today. All right, Joey. Uh, I don't think it's any secret what we're talking on, what we're touching on today. Uh, there was a pretty big event that happened earlier today during the workday because God forbid anything has to happen on the East Coast. It all has to happen on the West Coast, and they think twelve o'clock is a great time. Uh, So, Joey, what are we talking about today? Yeah, absolutely, guys. We started doing this, it feels like, three or four maybe years ago at this point. Uh, Summer Game Fest. It has a big kickoff event. Jeff Keighley comes out, similar to the Game Awards, similar to what he does for Gamescom or has for many years. Comes out, kind of gives us a kickoff show of sorts to get those summer showcases ready. Unfortunately, no E3 for everyone to come together this year. But everyone said, hey, we're still going to play showcases in and around this week anyway. So Jeff got that kicked off today. And, John, it was a two-hour show. Uh, quite a bit of announcements. Some definitely landed better than others, uh, to say the least. But we are going to spend tonight's show kind of going over not every single announcement because we don't want to give you guys a two-hour show to listen to, um, but we do want to give you some good quality attention in that front. So we'll pick out some of the selected stuff that stood out to us uh, as well as some of the stuff that maybe didn't stand out to us too much and kind of cover it all. As well as the one thing that was missing at the end of the show. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Joey, we have our topics. Uh, or our topic, I should say. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. Um, got a chance to watch a little bit while I was at work. Uh, it was a little bit of a crazy work day for me. Uh, I can't really speak for you, sir, but I know it was a little little crazy on my end. Uh, so I uh, did get to watch uh, quite a bit of the show, though, but super excited to talk about it. Before we can do that, Joey, it's time for the drink of choice, and I will let you start off first. What are you drinking today? Uh, to celebrate the kickoff of my favorite games week out there, I'm going to go with some bourbon tonight. This is some Blanton's Ooh. bourbon. Uh, this one was bottled, I think, in 2021. Oh, spicy. Um, th- does it have, like, 
aged Corona in it also? or No, no, no. Aged Corona. Just a nice little barrel that it was aged in. Uh, so, okay. So, so no COVID-19 along with, uh, <laughs> with that as well. Uh, Joey, I am finishing off a bottle that I opened up the other day. Uh, Paxis Red Blend. Uh, it's a wine. Scored 89 points on Wine Enthusiast. Um, it is a Portuguese red blend. Um, very delicious. Uh, drank about three-fourths of the bottle the other night, so I'm just going to polish it off here tonight. So, so Joey, uh, cheers to the crazy week uh, that is going to be uh, Games Fest, whatever we're going to talk about. So, so cheers. Cheers to everyone at Level Up Nation, Joey, as well. We're going to take a little sip here. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, adult grape juice, always great. All right, Joey, so let's waste no more time. It's going to be an action-packed show. Let's get into gaming, esports news, and, of course, this segment presented by GamerBytes, bite-sized gaming, esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today. If you're here in the Twitch chat, uh, check out that link in chat. If you are on the podcast version, check out the show notes below, and you'll have the link there. All right, Joey, let's get into it. Let's get into gaming and esports news. Let's go. Absolutely. Most unique drink in the chat over there. Truly mango chili flavored. John, I have oh. not had the mango chili flavor, but that sounds amazing. That does sound. I mean, look, Truly's hit. Like, we're going to be honest here. Um, I'm, I'm about to fend a lot of people here. Truly <laughs> better than White Claw. Fight me. Uh, Truly's are great. I definitely want to try the uh, mango chili. I'm going to have to look for that. Love it. Absolutely love it. Let's dive in, though, guys. So Summer Game Fest again. Just to give a quick summary, Jeff Keeley has done this for... I think, John, what has it been, three years, four years at this point? It's been... 20, he mentioned at the start of the show, 2020 from his bedroom. Wait, 2020? Oh, wow. So, okay, this is year... Mm. Well, if we count 2020, this is year four. Okay. Yeah. From so his not bedroom bad. to the stage. From the bedroom, from the stage. I mean, that's kind of what you and I are doing. We're, we're doing a little bedroom to stage setup here uh, on the <laughs> virtual stage of Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. Overall, guys, the show ran about two hours. Lots of announcements. Uh, John, we kind of teased Jeff a little bit, or rather talked about Jeff a little bit, with so many space horror games last year. Uh, I feel like this year kind of leaned a little bit into those fighting games, and we were pretty heavy with those up front. Yeah, the the fighting games really came in hard. I mean, there's a lot of the games that we knew were going to be shown. A lot of people waiting for the uh, new Mortal Kombat 1 uh, because they hired the team from Xbox when it came to numbering their games. Uh, so they went from 11 to 1. Uh, for their next title uh, and a lot of people were waiting for the trailer for that we got that we got some street fighter action we got some uh, it was it was overall it was, it was it was a good show i i thought um the fighting games didn't come in overly annoying kind of like the space horror games did the other in, in years past um i just felt like every other game was a space horror game here i thought it was done well it, it didn't feel overwhelming but it definitely made an impact Okay, so let's dive a little bit into those. We can pull up some footage for those here live with us on Twitch as well. Uh, as John said, Mortal Kombat 1 was kind of that kickoff fighting game of a number of fighting games to come throughout the show. Uh, this one kind of gave us a good look at everything. We did know the game was coming previously due to some teasers and some dropped reveals here and there, uh, but this really dove into the gameplay. We saw fights with a number of memorable characters, Kung Lao, Sub-Zero, Johnny Cage was in there, Scorpion, I think Raiden was in there. Uh, there was an Ed Boon interview, the creator of Mortal Kombat, coming out a little bit later on as well. Um, but everything, John, at least to me, looked pretty crisp. Now, I'm not the 
biggest fighting game community type of person. Uh, I get my butt kicked very easily in fighting games. I did enjoy some Sub-Zero in the classic Mortal Kombat, though. And so far from what I've seen graphically, this looks very good. Fluidity-wise, it looks pretty good. They do add a little bit of a... Um, I think it's Marvel Capcom is the game I'm thinking of, where there's a little bit of that tag system where you can go into certain matches with a partner and they kind of can just jump in at certain intervals to make like one attack or one like instance of a block or whatever it may be uh, as a partner move. And then they kind of just go back off screen. So I think that's Marvel vs. Capcom, if I remember correctly. Um, but it does seem to make its way into Mortal Kombat 1 here as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the the gruesomeness of this game, the... Uh, ultimate finishers and all the other fun stuff. Uh, this game looks great. Graphically, it's insane. Uh, Joey, we are of age to remember when this was truly an arcade game. Um, and like looking back at those games versus this game, it, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. The, the characters look great. The levels look great. The action looks great. Everything looks smooth. Um, you know, you put it in chat. I, I know you're a Sub-Zero fan. I'm a Scorpion fan. Uh, so, you know, there, there's that in there as well. I mean, it, I, I just think overall it looks great. I think the Ultimates look amazing. The finishers. Uh, you know, watching this during the presentation, I wanted to scream finish them multiple times. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, I didn't do that because I you know my coworkers would look at me weird. Um, but I like there seems to be somewhat of a story that goes along with it as well uh, versus just a straight-up, like, fighting game, uh, like a lot of these titles are. So I, I do enjoy the the story element of it, because I do think Mortal Kombat has a very unique story um, that really hasn't been told all that well, especially in other media. Uh, I'm thinking of the Mortal Kombat movies that were good ideas. Mediocre. <laughs> uh, maybe not the best representation of, of, of the game in the series. Um, but nonetheless, I think I think it looks great. I think a lot of people should be happy with this. I think fighting fans should be really excited. Uh, that, though this is the next generation of fighting games. It looks like this. It looks incredible. Yeah, and I think not only the graphics, we also have chat mentioning the settings in the background with Booty mentioning that. I agree. The scenery is gorgeous for all these stages that we've seen at least so far in the gameplay. Uh, on top of that, John, I think you hit a major point. And really one of the major points of this whole thing being rebooted originally, uh, when you look at a reboot, a lot of the reason is either graphically or it was a loved game that you want to bring back and hit that nostalgia. With this one, you can kind of do both those factors, but you can also build on that story that, like you said, John, is not maybe that well toned or told rather to many of its gamers out there. A lot of people just jump into Mortal Kombat. Oh, those big gory finishers or ooh, nice, clear, easy, concise movements for a fighting game, uh, whatever it may be. This allows you to maybe bring in depth of people who don't necessarily play fighting games to compete as much uh, like you and I, for example. We would probably get our butts kicked in a lot of these fighting games uh, outside of maybe having a couple beers and playing in an arcade. But this kind of allows us to engage in those characters to a different level to understand the backstories outside of just reading a biography, maybe living those out a little bit. Now, again, it's a fighting game. The campaign is probably still going to be very fighting game-esque. It's going to be fight scenes to work your way through the story. Um, but I do think adding that layer of depth could pull in more fans to the franchise as well. Moving from that to our next fighting game, the next one was it was announced, I believe, at the PlayStation Show, or a little bit before the PlayStation Showcase. We started to get some more footage of it at the PlayStation Showcase with, uh, in the, I think it was late May, if I remember correctly. Uh, we got another look at Street Fighter Six in this one, this being a crossover with Capcom's Exo Primal. 
Uh, overall, this looks pretty interesting to me. I felt like the trailer kind of went very hard. Uh, and it did, I'm not going to say it was the best crossover for me personally. Um, but I do think it's a good way to kind of bring some different Japanese entities together. Give us a little bit of what we could expect maybe in future crossovers with Street Fighter 6 as well. Yeah, uh, crossovers I'm cool with. Um, I don't know. I mean, let's be honest here. When it comes to fighting games, you are really just looking at graphic updates. You're looking at mechanic updates, and that's really about it. Um, there's not much you can really do to change a game to justify, uh, you know, another 60 or even now $70 price tag or higher for these games. So I, I think crossovers help bring a little little bit of extraness to a game to like maybe justify people moving into that next title um you know and, and and it's really not a knock on these games or anything like that it's just it's when it comes to fighting games you're trying to reinvent the wheel over and over and over it's it's a very structured format you know it's it's one player on one side of the screen it's another player on the other side of the screen they meet in the middle they jump around it's it, it's 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 a flat surface level that you play on so you have to find different ways of of kind of making that game unique and different every time you you release something so i think here with a crossover i think it's a good idea um i, I don't know i i think this is probably one of my biggest issues with fighting games is that they all just they feel pretty identical um just from the eyeball test you look at it street fighter you look at mortal Kombat, they all look the same so you have to find some way to distinguish it like we all know street fighter characters we all know mortal Kombat mortal Kombat characters Put those two together in a game, cool. You're you're gonna get a really cool epic game. You do a crossover like this, you're gonna get a really cool epic game because you're bringing in different fan bases as well. Um, but you, you just have to find a different way uh, to attract people to your title because it's it's very hard. Other than a graphic update and kind of a gameplay update, like how it looks on screen, to really stand out from the previous version. Yeah, I mean, 100% agreed. And again, it's you and I coming from not necessarily being within that fighting game community. Yeah. There's a lot more to those games, of course, mechanically speaking. Um, but outside of that, I think, again, Mortal Kombat bringing more story into it. That's a great way to do it. Uh, Mortal Kombat, also known for those gruesome, bloody fatalities. Uh, it's kind of made its name on that over the years. On Street Fighter, again, I don't know as much from the background of stories of the characters involved i know there's some very intriguing storylines built in there i just haven't followed them as in depth and i think bringing some of these crossovers now again dinosaurs and exoprimal that's a little bit of a out there crossover in my opinion uh, but some of these crossovers can help pull some people in if they pull in some popular characters uh, maybe from an anime for example uh, you kind of pull in more of that japanese audience as well i got it joey <laughs> yes here we please. go street fighter my hero academia crossover Oh, see, I think that could work. Now, the art style would be very interesting, kind of moving straight from that anime style to Street Fighter. You could you go with the in. realistic look to them. Uh, then again, I mean, Street Fighter characters don't exactly look that realistic either. Um, but yeah, it, it, it would be an interesting one. I think it could work. Uh, speaking of wacky crossovers, that could bring us right into our next one. Uh, this was probably the biggest surprise <laughs> announcement of the showcase for me. Uh, I would in no way say it was the biggest announcement for me, but definitely one of the most intriguing ones. This was Dead by Daylight bringing in Nicolas Cage. Uh, John, did you ever have this on your bingo card? Because it was nowhere near mine. Uh, Joey, I'm, I may be in the minority in this. I absolutely hate this. <laughs> um, I, I think this is so stupid. And and Nicolas Cage has the balls to get on stage and say, 
oh, well, you know, some of my favorite movies I ever starred in, some of the, some of the movies I absolutely enjoyed were my time in horror movies. Joey, can you name three horror movies that Nicolas Cage has been in? I, can I, name I mean, three, <laughs> I can name three horrible movies Nicolas Cage has been in. Um, but like, I just, I, I, I just don't like why. Like, if you made Nicolas Cage the killer in Dead by Daylight, yeah, that's great. Like, you know, put him in there from like The Rock, and he's like shoving those green like um, nuclear balls down your throat, making your skin bubble to kill you. Cool, that's great. Joey, I have never wanted to play the killer in Dead by Daylight as much as I do now since Nicolas Cage is going to be in there because I really want to take his carcass and put it on a hook. Uh, I, I think this is, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just... I don't, like... Why? What's, what's the purpose of this? Is he looking for the Declaration of Independence in Dead by Daylight? I, I don't know. Like, I, to me, I just don't... I don't get this crossover at all. Like, we can complain about dinosaurs and Street Fighter all we want... Like, at the end of the day, you know, that's something that can be expected in video games. Nicolas Cage in Dead by Daylight is quite possibly one of the dumbest crossovers in a very, very long time that I've ever seen. Like, this makes literally no sense. Why Dead by Daylight? Why is he a survivor? Why is he even here? Why was he on stage? He was like, oh, I want to thank everyone for uh, inviting me to your... uh, consortium you're 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 meeting here today i feel like i'm one of the cool kids uh no you're not you're weird get just get off the stage like this is so i don't like this i think this is so weird i don't know i mean again i know i'm in the minority on this one i i I think this is one of the weirdest things i've seen in a very long time yeah i mean at least it took a little (laughs) less time than chris judge and al pacino at the game awards uh so let's take our positives where we get them but yeah, I mean, this is a wacky crossover, right? Exoprimal and Street Fighter felt super weird to me to begin with. Then you roll into Nicolas Cage as a survivor in Dead by Daylight. Um, I, I'm not going to say I am a Nicolas Cage fan. I did appreciate his work in uh, National Treasure slightly, uh, and I would like that as a game. But outside of those particular films, and probably just the first one, if I'm being honest, I don't really find him as that great of an actor either. Um, but yes, it, welcome to the gaming community, Nicolas Cage. Uh, this is probably not the crossover for me, and John, you kind of hit on it quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's just it's very awkward, and I just don't know where it came from. But for I mean, those but- Nicolas Cage fans out there, for those Dead by Daylight fans out there, I hope you enjoy this crossover. Just look how awkward this guy is on stage. Like, first off, looks nothing like his character in game whatsoever. But if he's going to be in the game, he needs to be a killer. It's as simple as that. He needs to be the killer. I mean, there's nothing more terrifying than a bad actor, especially after you paid $18 to go see it at Alamo or AMC. Simple as that. Just, just simple as that. And, and Pot of Luck, I'm sorry, Face Off was terrible. Was absolutely terrible. Con uh, Air, was he decent in Con Air? I feel like Con I, I mean, remember that. Con Air had so much like actor support for Nick Cage, kind of like The Rock. He relied heavily on, um, oh, shoot, what's that guy's name? Sean Connery. Mm. Uh, in, in both of them to really carry that film. It wasn't a Nick Cage film. It was a Sean Connery film. It's as simple as that. But, like, look at that. That's the face of a killer. That's the face of a killer in Dead by Daylight. He's like, he's like I know you're smuggling the declaration in your back pocket. I'm going to kill you for it. <laughs> like, that makes more sense than him being a survivor. Like, I just, I'll stop. I'll stop. 
Ah, poor old Nick Cage. I mean, Nick, welcome to the gaming community. I hope you pick up no. a controller, have a little bit of fun. Uh, it doesn't sound like you'll be surviving too long if John is in the game, though. Uh, but yes, if you guys play Dead by Daylight, Nick Cage is now available as a new survivor there. Uh, next up, and this was something we did see to some degree in the PlayStation Showcase. They showed us a new movie trailer. Uh, we did get a new movie trailer in this one as well. This one for The Witcher Season 3 with Henry Cavill coming out, giving a little interview, and then jumping into a new look at it. Uh, I've actually not watched The Witcher yet. It is on my list. John, have you had a chance to dive into that one at all on Netflix? I have not watched it. Okay, so we're not going to be able to bring too much insight on that one, but for the Witcher fans out there, this one is set to premiere a little bit later this month, June 21st. So, full disclosure and chat, feel free to roast me for this. Um, I was not paying attention when this was announced. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I had actual work to do. Um, so I looked back up and I saw this and I was like, wow, Game of Thrones is getting another season? <laughs> and I was just like... <laughs> I was like, wait, maybe people really were mad with how Game of Thrones ended. Um, and disclosure, I've never seen Game of Thrones. So uh, I automatically saw, I thought Game of Thrones when I saw this, I wasn't paying attention. So there you go. Flame me, chat. Do it. Love it. Love it. Uh, continuing to move down the list of many, many games shown in Keeley's show today, we have Path of Exile 2 next on the list. The main reason for mentioning this one, we've known this game has been in the works for quite a while. On top of that, a similar ARPG in Diablo 4 just recently launched to critical acclaim. Uh, as we were mentioning at the top of the show, we have New York with the nice Welcome to Hell New York posters with the nice background of the wildfire smoke going on. Uh, on top of that, millions upon millions of players diving into the depths of hell to conquer demons and work their way through everything that the dungeons hold there. Uh, Path of Exile, again, very similar style gameplay, similar as far as mechanics go in certain magic areas as well. It does look like this one should land pretty well given the success of the original game. Uh, John, I never played Path of Exile. I may have played a demo at one point, um, but that's about as far as I've gotten. I'm more of a Diablo fan myself. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a Diablo fan. Um, never really did Path of Exile. Um, I think I'm with you. I think I played a demo once uh, for Path of Exile, but no, if, if I'm playing a game like this, it's definitely Diablo. Yeah, definitely prefer some Diablo to that. Um, other than that, I mean, I didn't think too much else stuck out in that trailer. I think overall it looks good, but again, very similar to what we did see with Diablo. Um, next up on our list, just kind of jumping down a little bit, we have Remnant 2. This is a uh, follow-up to Remnant um, something of the ashes. I can't remember the first word. Um, but Remnant, many of you guys played it back then. It was up for a number of awards when it first came out. I did get a number of expansions after that as well. And now we have our first look at Remnant 2, some co-op gameplay in this trailer. Um, overall, it looks great. I think the environments are very unique. There's nice action scenes involved there as well. A number of different guns being shown off. Enemy types, magic types. This trailer really packs quite a bit, and it kind of shows just some of the variety that players are going to experience in this game when they do jump in with some friends uh, in some good co-op gameplay action. Yeah, um, watching this, I couldn't tell if this was like a video game or if there was a live look in downtown New York oh uh, with, with, all the, with all the smog and everything that's going on. Uh, no, I mean, I think it looks great. I think, I think if you're a fan of this game or this style of game, you're going to really enjoy this. It looks incredible. Um, yeah, I, I think it looks fantastic. They, they did a fantastic job with it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a good-looking game there. Uh, sticking with kind of follow-ups to classic games, this one very much a classic game follow-up. We have Super or Sonic, rather, Sonic Superstars, the world premiere trailer for this one. Sonic is back with a 2D game that features a new look, com 
cooperative mode and new abilities. This one's set to land in fall 2023. Um, John, I really like the look of this game in particular. I think they do a good job refreshing the graphics, as you will see on the trailer if you're here with us live on Twitch. If not, check it out on YouTube. It's a nice refresh of the graphics, similar to what we were mentioning earlier. When you're going to remake some of the games, maybe add a few new components to it, but especially refresh those graphics if it's been quite a while. It looks like they did just that with this game, and it should land quite well when it lands later this year. Yeah, I love it. I, I think it's great. Uh, I love in the very beginning of this trailer... Uh, when he goes back and forth between the old school version of the game and the new school version of the game, uh, I love that. And, and and like you said, Joey, you know, if you're going to remake a game, like this is one of the best ways to do it. Like start with the graphics; it looks incredible. My only complaint is that if these are the only four characters in the game, um, our, our our boy Shadow got left out. Um, so uh, obviously that that that's a little sad here. But uh, Knuckles is in there, which is which is really awesome. Sonic, obviously, Tails. I think this looks great. I, I really enjoyed these games as a kid uh, playing on my Sega Game Gear. Yeah, Google that, uh, Gen Z, and, and find out what that atrocity of a mobile game device was. Um, actually, Joey, now that I think about it, the Game Gear was just ahead of its time. I'm going to sidetrack here real quick. The Game Gear was absolutely massive, took six AA batteries to run for three hours of enjoyment, but let's think about it. It's technically smaller than what the Switch is, width-wise. Obviously, you know, the Game Gear was, was, was a, uh, a thick boy with a very tiny screen, but it was ahead of its game. Like, it was literally the precursor to the Switch, and I, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. I, I think that's a very valid uh, argument and comparison, is that the Game Gear was ahead of its time uh, just 20 years too early. Yeah, I mean, Game Gear did very well. <laughs> uh, the Game Gear was impressive. I still remember Echo the Dolphin on the Game Gear. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other popular games that were over there. Sonic Chaos. Sonic, Sonic yeah, Chaos. Of course, Sonic Love is it. on there. There are some other big ones, too, that I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, but yeah, it definitely Ninja had quite Turtles a few. One. Oh, yeah. Um, yep, TMNT. Good stuff. Uh, I mean, I, Your memory of the Sega Game Gear is much fresher than mine. I, I still have it. I still have my Sega Game Gear. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll still play it from time to time. I still have the cleaning cartridge. To go in the back to clean off the uh, prongs that are where you insert the cartridge. Mm. Legit. Legit. Pot of Luck, that's a terrible take. I will time you out if you say that again. Yeah, I was just about to say, Pot of Luck coming out, Sonic has been historically mid. Uh, not a fan of that take at all. I feel like Sonic has been great. Sonic sells phenomenally well. I mean, heck, even Mario invited Sonic to come hang out at the Olympics. Like, right? come on, Pot of Luck. What are you doing over there? Absolutely insane. Uh, next on the list, we don't have to touch too far on this, but it is one of the most popular games in the world right now, and that is Honkai Star Rail. Uh, this one recently releasing for mobile and PC, uh, made by the same developers behind Genshin Impact, also one of the most popular games in the world at the moment. Uh, similar setup, it is a gotcha game. You do have to spend the pretty coin and roll some good action, hoping for good banner pulls to assemble your roster. Uh, this one a little bit different, not quite as Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda-esque. Uh, it does take place in space, go figure, with the whole star thing in the title. On top of that, it does have some more uh, turn-based action involved in it. So if you guys are into gotcha games and into pretty strong rosters of games that constantly get updated, this is definitely one to check out. A nice little story teaser here. Uh, world premiere at the, I was going to say the Game Awards, the Summer Game Fest opening show, rather. 
On top of that, they also announced it will be coming to PlayStation in the last quarter of the year. So if you're looking for a PlayStation around the holiday season, you'll be able to download Honkai Star Rail as well, assuming things continue on schedule. Next up on the list, and the nose grows longer with this one, Lies of P, the Dark Souls Pinocchio-inspired game. Uh, this one, guys, I think is really a big contender, potentially, for the indie game of the year this year. Uh, it's a really cool-looking title, a way to kind of take something that is already pretty dark in Pinocchio, for being honest, and make it even darker. On top of that, giving it that Deadly Souls-esque stuff that came together in Dark Souls and then most recently in Elden Ring. Uh, on top of that, a very visually appealing game. It does have a little bit of that grim visualization to it, um, but also hyper-realistic looking. Now has a release date, September 19th of this year, and a demo is already available to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC players as of today. I'm waiting for the one line in there where he's like about to kill someone and goes, I am a real boy, and then just stabs him. <laughs> Wait, did that actually happen in this trailer? Did I completely No, it, it needs to. Oh, like, okay. I'm sorry. It's like, I am a real boy. <laughs> and you start stabbing I was going to say, I do not like, remember that, but I love that. It needs to be. Like, this is like a Pinocchio horror show. Like, come on. It is. Some of this stuff looks creepy. I think we had, like, a creepy-looking Tin Man. I don't know what that rabbit-looking thing was. I'm going to have to read up on my, or brush up, rather, on my Pinocchio lore, because I don't quite know all this going on. And I don't know how far they're going to go away from the original tale as well. I have seen Geppetto's name mentioned a couple times in here, so at least the origin story of sorts should be somewhat similar. But yeah, this this is creepy, and I'm sure these bosses are going to kick my booty many a many a time if I can even make my way to them in this game later this year. Next up, and inspired and created from the original work and the creator of Dragon Ball, Akiro Toriyama, uh, we have the debut of a new game inspired by the manga and an upcoming movie, and that is Sandland. The title will be released for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC consoles. Uh, John, one thing we always kind of look at is the art style of games. This one kind of from that manga, that anime-like background does have some nice brushed artwork to it as well. Uh, a little bit of cell shading, kind of like we see with Borderlands to it too. Um, overall, I think this game, uh, while it might not fall right down my alley, does very much intrigue me with this art style for sure. Yeah, the art style looks really cool. Uh, definitely 3D manga type of, of graphics here. Uh, I think it looks great. Definitely has that Dragon Ball uh, feel to it as well from the original Dragon Ball uh, anime and just artistic style. Um yeah, I, I think it looks great. Uh, it's definitely one I'll have on my list to try out. I just think from a graphic standpoint, it, it looks a lot of fun. Fortnite graphics? What are you trash. talking about? That's a trash take. You know what? I'm sorry, Joey. I, I'm not going to apologize. Um, mm. Like what? what? Chat, hello? I, I mean, it's see. like cell shaded. It looks so much more like Borderlands than Fortnite. Let's see here. All right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> did it to yourself, sir. You did it to yourself. Wow, Bad the old one-second timeout. Deadly. It was either that or 10 minutes. Like, come on. Oh, wow. We don't have anything between those? Jeez. Well, no. We, 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 come we on, Twitch mods. What are you doing over there? <laughs> uh, if you guys are interested in that one again, that is Sandland by legendary creator of Dragon Ball, Akiro Toriyama. Uh, next up on the list, John, it seems like Amazon has kind of given up on their own games for the moment. Uh, they do have that recent deal with Lord of the Rings from MMO. We'll see what that ends up looking like. But on top of that, they've kind of gotten the business of, hey, this game's successful overseas. Let's try to port it somewhere else. And they have now presented NCSoft's MMORPG of Throne and Liberty. Uh, this one, a new announcement trailer here. And John, again, 
Uh, we've talked about this before on the show. MMOs are definitely a commitment for the player, and there are quite a few out there. Obviously, World of Warcraft being one of the most popular ones. Final Fantasy out there as well. Uh, Star Wars The Older Public, it does sound like is moving to a new developer, but again, a pretty healthy audience with that game as well. Uh, there's a number of popular ones out there, right? 10 to 20 or so that are already out there. On top of that, including some of Amazon stuff, um, was the one they had recently. New, new, I'm forgetting the name, but you're going to tell it to me. You uh, forgot it too, didn't you? Yeah, because it flopped. Yeah, in um, New World, New World. New World, So it yes. did pretty well for like, yeah, a month, and then it kind of <laughs> fell off. And then we saw something similar uh, with another one that I'm not going to try to remember the name of because I'm going to forget it. But it was super popular in South Korea, made its way over here. It was pretty popular for a while. It hit like, I think it was like 800,000 concurrent players on Steam. And then that one ended up kind of falling off as well over here. Uh, I expect something similar with this one. Uh, this one could be even weaker up front, potentially. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but Throne and Liberty is kind of going to be Amazon's next foray into gaming. And once again, it is kind of an Eastern MMORPG making its way over here for a Western launch. Okay, keeping it on. Um, I think this was one of the better trailers of the show. And it was mainly because of the sound, which we can't play here. Um, but Warhaven is Nexon presented a new sword fighting game. Overall, you're going to have to watch this trailer on your own because we do not want that DMCA over here on Twitch. Um, but overall, I think this was probably the best trailer with sound put to it. Uh, they did a really good job of kind of matching up the sound with what we were seeing on screen at the same time. Uh, gameplay itself, it was somewhat intriguing in certain parts. Not exactly my type of game personally. Um, but as far as trailers go, I think the sound lineup of this one was probably one of the best in the show. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I definitely think this is one that's worth watching on your own uh, with sound on. Um, you know, I mean, Tw Twitch has been cracking down on that. You know, you can't play music. You can't have your, your logo on your screen taking up more than 3% of your screen, uh, burning ads and everything. You know, Tw Twitch is starting to lose money left and right. right. So they're, they're trying to nickel and dime everyone here. So definitely don't want to give them any more money uh, from those DMCAs or anything else there as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely worth watching on your own. Uh, highly, highly recommend this one. Uh, Joy, I agree with you. I think this is one of the, the better ones, if not the best one. Yeah, very, very good job with sound overall. Uh, then we got a quick look at the Party Animal game. The Animal Pushing Game Party Animals will set to be released on September 20th. Don't have to spend too much time on that, but if you guys were fans of uh, stuff like Fall Guys, um, stuff like... I. I am losing my mind this week. I swear it's the smoke. Um, but that other game where you kind of just pulled on each other and fell over and different things like that, uh, a lot of those like goofy floppy type of games, this is definitely going to be one right down that alley. Should be a lot of fun to get together in parties, both locally and online. Again, Party Animals said to be released September 20th. They definitely had a side duck in this, in this uh, release. Yeah, there's some corgis in there. I think T-Spans was actually the one who first showed me this game. Uh, so it'll definitely be one that probably makes its way around the OTN community at some point. Again, guys, if you want to join, discord.me forward slash OTN to check out our that Discord is a, server. That's a Psyduck beaten up on a dog on top of a submarine. It does look very Psyduck-like. Uh, don't be surprised if we see a nice little DMCA from Nintendo uh, coming out there. Maybe even a cease and desist order. Uh, yeah, good times, good times. Nintendo likes to throw what they can around. But yes, that is very Psyduck-like. I will give you that for sure. This one right here looks like Velveteen Rabbit right before you cut that off. Um, <laughs> another throwback. Next up was Alan Wake 2. We had a nice little interview from Sam Lake, the creator of Alan Wake. Uh, for those who don't know, Alan Wake, kind of like a horror thriller-esque game. 
On top of that, it is created in the same realm as Control, and I believe Quantum Break as well, but definitely Control. Uh, we did see that confirmed with Control's second set of DLC, uh, AW something, I believe is what it was called, which did end up confirming that Alan Wake, con or Alan Wake Universe mix, rather. Um, but overall, this was supposed to be one of the highlighted games coming in today's show. Uh, we knew Mortal Kombat was going to be there. We knew Alan Wake was going to be there. And we knew we were going to get a look at the new Fortnite season as well. Kind of one of those big three. Alan Wake came out. Uh, I thought it was a nice look at some gameplay. But I do think the interview probably cut a little bit farther into what many gamers would have liked to see more gameplay of. Um, overall, I think it looks good. Again, John and I, not the biggest horror game fans ourselves, um, but I definitely will tune into watching some people stream this one as, I mean, Remedy just does a phenomenal job with a lot of the games they put out. Control won Game of the Year the year it came out. Uh, Alan Wake 2 should be up there in the conversation uh, as far as big games go. And again, being a horror game, it's going to be a little bit farther off from mainstream, um, but I do think it will be successful overall. Uh, Sam Lake definitely wins the award for best dressed uh, at the... Oh, uh, for sure. Summer Game Fest. So, so just we'll, we'll edging out Nick Cage, of course. Just edging out the horribleness that was Nick Cage. <laughs> Very low bar. Very low bar. Very low bar. Sorry, Paul Revere only hung one lantern this time, Mr. Cage. Keep looking for that map. Warhammer Space Marine. We got our first look at some gameplay of the new cooperative mode of this title when it was presented at the Summer Game Fest show today, revealing that it will arrive in winter of this year. Uh, winter most likely being the holiday season, unless it does get bumped into January, February range. Uh, overall, John, Warhammer 40K, a huge universe, lots of games in there, lots of books, lots of figurines. Uh, it is a giant universe to take part in. Space Marine 2 looks like it should deliver some thrilling combat. Uh, it does have that gritty, gruesome look to it. Uh, almost those Gears of War size characters as well, kind of those big, bulky characters. Um, but it does look like it should deliver quite a bit of fun for those playing some co-op action of it. Yeah, it's a great universe. Uh, I prefer the tabletop game more, um, but um, I do enjoy the digital version as well. It helps bring other people into the Warhammer universe. So uh, really, really cool. I like it. I like it. I like it. Next up, and this one, I think we don't have to spend too much time on it, but I think this was probably one of my favorite unique art styles of the showcase, and this was Yes, Your Grace. It kind of has that pixel 2D look to it, a medieval title uh, where you're going to be controlling a king both at court and in battle, and it kind of flares those nice... Um, I want to say like Octopath Traveler-esque graphics to it, kind of giving us that 2D look, but also some more fluidity behind it at certain points throughout the game. Uh, I think overall it should be a fun one, As or Yes, Your Grace has been on a number of people's lists uh, moving into this year, and it looks like, at least graphically, this one should deliver something pretty unique. I, you know, I didn't really know what to take away from this game. <laughs> I think this is, this is probably one of the ones that caused me a little bit more confusion uh, than anything else. Um, I don't know. It's not really my style. Like I, I don't know. I, I like I watch this. I'm just like, okay, it's it's, it's different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just no, I I just don't I, I I don't see the appeal behind this game. And that is totally fine. That is the beautiful thing about games. Uh, yeah. Will I play it? Possibly. Uh, I do like the graphics style, though. That is definitely something I appreciate. Yes. Uh, I don't always fall for pixelated. But like this scene right here, for those live with us on Twitch, kind of the live fire flaring between them with that pixelated front, uh, I do think look pretty good in comparison to one another. So it is one I am looking out for, at least art style-wise, when it does launch. Again, we don't have launched it on this one just yet, but it'll eventually come out. Uh, next up, and I really don't want to spend too much time on this, um, but because John is in love with zombie games, 
as our number Mind of other shot. members in the community, like OG yeah. Flavortown, we did get our token zombie game. This one being John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Uh, you want to talk about brutality? This one definitely delivers in that department. Yeah, it's like every other zombie game. Congratulations. Next. The good old next. Uh, next up, John, is a big one. Uh, one of the biggest games waiting for this year, or rather one of the most awaited games for this year, Baldur's Gate 3. Jason Isaacs was introduced as the actor who will voice the second antagonist of Baldur's Gate 3. The game finally leaves early access and will be released on August 31st. Looks great. Looks it fantastic. does. It looks good. Great details. And this is one of those games, too, where we've seen games before, obviously, being number three. There was a Baldur's Gate and a Baldur's Gate 2 prior to it. Uh, it's one of those kind of hotly anticipated games that's been in the works for a number of years that a lot of people have been asking for a sequel for, for years before a sequel is even in the works. Uh, a very popular game, kind of a uh, really a genre-breaking game or making game, rather, uh, when it first came out initially, kind of defining that RPG-esque setting. Uh, now it just continues to build forward, and we'll see how it lands with modern-day RPGs when it does come out later this year in the fall. Next up on the list was Marvel's Spider-Man 2. We got a nice look at gameplay, probably about 15 minutes or so in the PlayStation Showcase back in May. Now we got a nice little interview coming out here, some new looks at things, including the Collector's Edition and a release date. Marvel Spider-Man 2 initially was looking at that September window, now bumped back just a tad bit, looking at October 20th, 2023 as its launch date. Uh, I think that's a great date. Uh, there was some talk, at least from what I've heard behind the scenes, they were looking at possibly launching around the same time as Starfield. When they did find out that Starfield date, they said, hey, do we want to take it head on? Do we want to bump back? Uh, in the end, they decided we're going to bump back. I think it's a smart decision. With a giant game like Starfield, whether successful or not, it is a big time-consuming game. And just looking at the sales of Fallout, looking at the sales of Elder Scrolls games like Skyrim, they sell extremely well and they hold players for a long amount of hours. I think bumping this back is probably a smart idea. You avoid that window, you avoid Baldur's Gate, you avoid some other big games in that kind of late August, early September range. And then you kind of also set yourself up for some nice holiday sales and bundles to come about a month later in November. I think it's a great move by PlayStation and Spider-Man 2. Definitely looks like a game of the year contender for sure. Looks absolutely fantastic. The cover art looks great. Venom being in the game is amazing. They didn't tell us uh, who Venom's going to be. Um, so that's I think, is really cool. That's going to be a really neat storyline when you play the game. Uh, the fact that it's Spider-Man and Miles Morales teaming up, I think that's fantastic as well. Uh, I love this game. I absolutely love this game. I want to play this game so bad, but I do not own a PlayStation 5. Um, so I'm just... I, I'm gutted because I won't be able to play it uh, soon. Um, I'm going to have to wait a little bit, or I will have to borrow for a week a PlayStation 5 of anyone who has one. Please and thank you. Um, and then go from there. But yeah, uh, the original Spider-Man was great. The Miles Morales Spider-Man game was absolutely fantastic. Um, putting the two together for Spider-Man 2, I think, is just going to bring a whole new dynamic uh, to this title, this video game. Uh, I mean, like you said, we saw the gameplay a little bit earlier, and the gameplay looks absolutely incredible. They didn't overdo it. It still has it still has the same feel from the original Spider-Man video games that came out over the past couple of years, along with Miles Morales. Um, but they added they added to what was already great. They didn't try to reinvent the wheel. They took what they had and they built upon it, which I think looks incredible. I think a lot of people are going to be happy with it. Um, I think a lot of people get a little nervous with Superman, well, not Superman, with superhero uh, video games, especially when you take a look at like Gotham Knights. 
on how that looked amazing. But then again, we only pretty much got CGI trailers for the most part. We got a little gameplay here and there. Um, but like that had a lot of gameplay issues where the fighting mechanics were bad. If they just build upon what they had from the original two games, they're set. They're good to go. I think it's great. It looks amazing. Super excited. If you're a PlayStation fan, if you have a PlayStation 5, uh, this is a must buy, hands down. Yeah, I mean, this one should do very well. Again, should be a game of the year contender. It does look like Breath of the Wild may run away with it this year, but Spider-Man should definitely be up there on that nominee list as well. Uh, on top of that, we also know the map is growing. We're adding Manhattan, we're adding Queens, and we're adding Brooklyn as part of the map here as well. As Sean said, they're adding that dynamic of being able to switch characters uh, between Peter Parker and Miles Morales, too. And on top of that, they also confirmed Venom is not Eddie Brock, so they will Correct. be trying to tell a new story with this Venom in the game version as well. Spicy. Spicy, but... Is it spicier than what Pal World is bringing to the table, John? Uh, what looks like a knockoff Pokemon and Digimon game, adding some random machine guns into the mix. We have Pal World, the RPG, but with weapons, presented its trailer here. Uh, this one's set to hit early access in January 2024. Uh, I know some people in our chat on Discord were talking about how hyped they are for this game. I will say graphically, it looks gorgeous. I just, I'm taking it nice and seriously as a nice Pokemon knockoff until the Pokemon looking creature pulls out the freaking machine gun. Uh, at that point, I lose the seriousness of this game. There's, we're literally watching sheep shoot machine guns from sandbags. We have a Lapras looking character with rocket launchers on it. Uh, I, maybe they're going for that as a comedic effect, uh, but it definitely, it, I don't want to say catches me off guard or turns me off because it does still look gorgeous. But it is a it's a wacky twist. <laughs> it's not a factory full of EVs like putting together guns and stuff. I mean, yeah, like what just, the hell? I feel like there's some like underlying theme to this game. This this game scares me. <laughs> this, this, this game literally scares me. I'm not sure what to expect from this. Um, Pikachu with a rocket launcher. Who knows? I mean, could be fun. I just I'm really surprised Nintendo has not sent a lawsuit yet. Like, literally, so many of these creatures look like Pokemon, and then on top of that, you're going to, I guess, really, like, dirty up the Pokemon name of throwing these random guns into these characters' hands. Like, what the hell is going on? Uh, I just, yeah, I'm curious. Again, set to hit early access January 2024. It's not the first time we've seen the game either, uh, so I don't think Nintendo sent a lawsuit out, uh, but it is definitely one that I am not extremely confident will land next year. Next up, The Lord of the Rings. We've talked a lot about this IP. Uh, it's been sold around a bit, eventually purchased by Embracer. Some deals have been made with Amazon, and we've seen some flops as well. Uh, unfortunately, The Lord of the Rings Gollum came out as one of the worst-rated games of the year, uh, with the graphics really taking a step back from previous iterations of Gollum almost a decade earlier. Uh, this one, taking an intriguing look at it, kind of gives a little bit of a dwarven aspect to it. Uh, this one's focused on dwarves. In Middle-earth, I believe it's the fourth age, and it's supposed to kind of be a survival-esque game where there's a lot of crafting and survival involved. Uh, it does look somewhat intriguing. I will say it's not the most graphically stunning-looking game. It does already look a little bit better than what we saw with Lord of the Rings Gollum, uh, even at launch. Um, but it is a game that I'm kind of cautiously anticipating. I don't know if it's toward the top of my list uh, or either in anywhere near the sec top half of my list at the moment. Um, but with it being Lord of the Rings, there is a lot of room to work with. It is a rich IP, and if they can polish up the graphics, if they can add some unique mechanics into the game, it could be one that pulls LOTR fans in eventually. 
Uh, let's see. We have Final Fantasy. A few Final Fantasy games shown. One of them will leave to the end, um, but this one is going to be Ever Crisis. It's a mobile game. Uh, not going to spend a ton of time on this one, but for those interested, because mobile games are growing and Final Fantasy is obviously ginormous, we will include it in the show. The pre-registration is already available, and the closed beta for Android will be running from June 8th, which is today, the time we're recording on Thursday, to the end of the month on June 28th. If you guys want to check out the new Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis mobile game, get in there and try out that pre-registration. Do-do-do-do-do. Uh, this next one, I actually didn't see this trailer. Uh, like John, I was doing some work here and there, trying to look over oh, at trailers when I could. Uh, Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden, the supernatural-looking action title, will be available later this year. Uh, just from kind of my post-work look-through of some of these trailers I missed throughout the showcase, uh, this one graphically and combat-wise, John, I think looks like one of the best trailers in the showcase, in my opinion. Uh, it's also from Don't Nod, who you're a big fan of um, from their work with Life is Strange. Focus Entertainment, who I'm a big fan of as a publisher. They've done stuff like A Plague Tale and A Plague Tale Requiem. A Plague Tale Innocence and A Plague Tale Requiem, rather. Um, overall, I think from what we've seen in the trailer, the combat looks very fluid and the overall graphics are great. Uh, this could be one of those kind of underhanded games that kind of takes people by surprise. Yeah, and with Don't Nod behind it, I have a feeling that the story is going to be very good as well. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, graphically looks great. Gameplay looks great. And a lot of high expectations lore-wise uh, for what this game is going to bring to the table um, just based upon who's developing it. So, uh, yeah, I think it looks great. I'm right there with you. Um, definitely uh, one of the uh, highlights here of the show. Yeah, I definitely think this is a dark horse game of the show. I don't think many people saw this one being in here. And I don't think I'm seeing many people talk about it either. Uh, it kind of just slid under the radar. But I think as we get closer to its eventual launch, this one could be worth putting some more eyes on as it does look quite good. And again, behind with Don't Nod and Focus Entertainment, kind of on the development side of things, it should be a pretty good game to look out for later this year. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. We got a new trailer returning to the world of Yakuza. Extremely popular franchise, especially over in Asia. The man formerly known as Kuzumakiryu is going to be in here kind of as the star character. Uh, originally in, I believe it was Yakuza 0, uh, where we first saw him kind of, or, uh, well... Yakuza 0 came after Yakuza 1 because Xbox naming type of things go on over at Sega as well. Um, but overall, <laughs> it is one of those kind of uh, games you should look out for. Very memorable character, again, especially over in Asia, making its way over here and kind of gaining some pretty heavy popularity throughout Europe and the Americas as well. Uh, this one will be looking forward to for a lot of gamers when Dragon Guy Dan eventually launches. Uh, we got a couple more on the radar here, John, and we'll just jump around a little bit. Um, another one that kind of was a dark horse game for me, or maybe a dark seahorse in this case, uh, Under the Waves. This game takes us to the underwater depths when it does le release later this year, August 29th. Uh, I don't really know much about this game. Uh, I know a few people were in chat talking about this one. It does look extremely intriguing. Uh, it's kind of like a... It feels like there's depth of story to it. Obviously, environment looking very clean for those here with us on Twitch watching the stream. Uh, it's a beautiful looking game. I think graphically it looks very nice. I love the idea of underwater games. 
I think they're great for puzzles. I think they're really great for exploration. I think you can add some nice horror elements into underwater games as well. Uh, I mean, you've had even like sharks and the Little Mermaid be scary enough for some kids. And then on top of that, you can add even larger depth in here with some lanternfish and sharks and all different crazy sea creatures that we don't even know exist under there. And if it's a fantasy game, you can add even crazier things that don't exist under there, like Leviathan level creatures. Um, but overall, I think this one looks intriguing. I think the exploration will be top notch. I don't really know too much of what the game is about, but at this point, I think I'm okay with that. Uh, it does have a few more months till it eventually launches. And I'm curious what other kind of story elements they do eventually tell us about before Under the Waves drops later this fall. Anything else you want to say about this underwater game that we don't know too, too much about? No, I, I think it looks great. It's definitely uh, intriguing to me. I'll definitely take Hopefully it's on Game Pass. Uh, I don't think I'd pay a full 60, 70 bucks for mm -hmm. it, but it definitely uh, looks interesting. One to keep an eye on. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Season 4 is on its way. Uh, we got a nice look at a couple different things. An abandoned zoo, a castle, even a football stadium. This is actually set to arrive next week on June 14th, so coming very soon. Uh, pretty much a nice look at what we're seeing in multiplayer and a very map-heavy look at that. Uh, Call of Duty just continuing to be a live service game as it has been the last couple years. One of the big things of live service, give us new guns, give us new characters, give us new maps. Uh, maps probably the most anticipated thing from most players. It looks like this season will deliver with quite a few maps. I don't remember exactly how many are shown in the trailer, but I do think there are six maps eventually coming here in season four. It should be a map packed season for many players overall. Yeah, you got to give different maps. Uh, the same map over and over and over can get pretty stale. Uh, so I, I like the addition of more maps. Love it. Oh, snap. Ben Brode took the stage as well, John. Marvel Snap is a game you and I have been playing quite a bit about. Uh, I do think this was not that well done of an interview. Uh, they did kind of keep a little bit more information of what exactly this is going to entail out of it. And on top of that, they didn't exactly advertise Marvel Snap in the best way, in my humble opinion. Um, but overall, we did get a new look, a brief new look at a new mode. This is Conquest. Uh, for those who played Hearthstone, can't remember the mode, but you kind of draft a deck, and then from there you kind of work your way up different tiers. To my knowledge, Conquest is going to work similarly to that. Um, overall, I do like the look of the rank system, and I do like the intriguing idea of this. Um, but the thing I'm really looking forward to mode-wise the most is kind of that guild-slash-clan war that they have been advertising for what feels like seven, eight months at this point. Uh, give me a way to have a friends list. Give me a way to interact with those friends more. That's what I want the most at the same point. I think for the competitive players... On top of that ranked mode we already have, I think Conquest does bring a nice new layer to that as well. Yeah, Joe, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I thought this interview was fantastic. It I, is I love getting Ben's panned on Reddit so badly. Oh, I believe it. I, yeah. I love his energy. I, I love how awkward it was. I love that he made Jeff feel awkward. Mm. Um, I think that was probably my favorite part uh, was that Jeff <laughs> felt awkward from all of this. Uh, yes, it didn't show the game in the best light. You're 100% correct. Um they didn't really touch on anything other than this new mode and they didn't even really dive into it. And then we get this really awkward video at the end about cows. <laughs> um, and I just, which I mean, maybe it's an inside joke that I'm missing, but like it, this was such a great chance to like tie in to the new spider verse movie to tie into the launch of Spider-Man two coming out. There are so many great opportunities for them to talk about the new season that is Spider-Man themed. Uh, and, and then here's this video. Like, I, I just don't understand this. Like, uh, one, I don't even know who this guy is. And, and, and it's no offense to him. Like, I have no clue who this is. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Awesome. Yes, I, I've come across that card. It's not called Lamutis, 
Like, there's a very random cow theme here. Uh, Medusa. Like, I, I don't understand this either. Um, but, like, the, this part was super cringe. Very, 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 very cringe. Don't understand this part at all. Don't understand the whole cow thing. Um, but it's a mobile game that has held my attention for quite some time. It's a lot of fun. The fact that there's a Spider-Man season going on right now which means I'm going to play even more because I want to get all the Spider-Man stuff. Uh, because, you know, Spider-Man's great. So, hey. yeah, I just look at that. Oh, play here if you don't have any friends. So, like, I just this whole <laughs> thing makes zero sense. Zero sense. Ah, good times. Good old Marvel Snap. But they did at least show the game at the end in a quick clip there. Uh, overall, Conquest mode should be interesting for quite a few players. Uh, bring a new layer to the game when it eventually launches. And again, I will still be waiting here, grinding out my battle pass, playing some ranks, and occasionally some friendlies with John and Co. on the OTN Discord server, but mainly awaiting that friends list. Give me that guild action. Give me that good fun that I can have in some co-op, and let's see what that eventually looks like when it does launch. Next up, this is a ni nice new look at an upcoming live-action series from the team over at PlayStation as well as Peacock. And this was a sneak peek of Sweet Tooth's character for the upcoming live-action Twisted Metal show. Uh, this is another one that a lot of people love the comedy behind it, but are also absolutely panning it for being a Twisted Metal movie or series, rather, not showing any cars. Twisted Metal is literally known for its action-packed car scenes and the initial trailer here not showing any cars has it getting panned on social media. Um, but, John, I do know you enjoy this trailer quite a bit. And I think there is a nice tickle of comedy involved here as well as a nice look at Anthony Mackie's character as well. Yeah. So, so Anthony Mackie, Captain America is in here, right? And there's this part here where he gets his face shoved into a slot machine. And then they start singing Cisco's thong song, which honestly was the highlight of the entire show. Uh, of the entire presentation today was these two goofballs on screen singing. Like you can see right now, obviously we can't play it because you know you know Cisco's going to sue us because uh, he's not been relevant since 2000. Uh, so yeah, so like I just I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was hysterical. Um, but yes, I get the hate. The fact that there is no cars in it, I, I understand it. But I think with them thinking outside of the box here, I, I think they did a good enough job here to get people to tune in. Yeah, I definitely think it's intriguing enough, and comedy is one big way to win over an audience, and I think they did do a, quite a good job with the comedy here. Uh, with it being Twisted Metal, before the series comes out, they do need to show some kind of car action to pull people in, uh, especially kind of that Fast and Furious audience could be a target. Um, I do think that would be beneficial to the series, but overall, I think it was a nice intro, uh, even if it did not include those cars like many people wanted. Next up is a game that intrigued me quite a bit. I don't know too much about it. I think it's a roguelike game where you kind of can die and then build upon yourself, uh, continue to build up your character and the abilities that your character has. Uh, this being Liz Fonga, the Time Shift Warrior. It's an isometric hack and slash that will allow you to create doubles of your character. Again, I believe that's upon death or after a certain number of deaths. You can continue to build up that character, which results in almost an army or wave of people to kind of fight alongside you with your enemies. Uh, this indie is set to arrive later in 2023. Not a specific date yet, but I think the art style is great, uh, both in the CGI or not CGI, rather. I think they're hand-drawn cutscenes, uh, and then it does go into a little bit of that isometric gameplay, which looks very phenomenal. On top of that, I think the mirror figures are really well done. Uh, this is one that I probably will be looking to pick up. Maybe not full price, depending what that full price does end up being, but it's one I will definitely pick up 
if it does eventually land on Game Pass, uh, or if it is on a nice little sale or below $30, uh, I think it does allow for endless gameplay, especially if it is that roguelike mode like I think it will be. Very pretty game. Um, Immortals of Avium. I don't know if we have to spend too much time on this because we did touch on this one quite a bit with the PlayStation Showcase. John, I know this is one that caught your eye in that PlayStation Showcase. Any new insights from the trailer we saw today at the Summer Game Fest opening show? No, I, I think I think it still looks great. I, I think the storyline is very interesting as well. Uh, I think this is definitely a game that PlayStation fans should be excited for. And it will be coming to other platforms as well. Anyway, um, I believe it's yeah. Xbox and PC. I don't think Nintendo Switch gets this one, um, but it will be multi-platform at launch. Uh, next up was one of the big advertisements of the show. Again, just to touch on those, we had Mortal Kombat 1, we had Alan Wake 2, and then we had the new Fortnite Chapter 4 Season 3 look. We got that new look, Wilds. It has a nice debut here. On top of that, we saw the presence of Optimus Prime, uh, who will also be making his way out in a movie this month in June. I believe it actually just kicked off today, uh, and that's that Transformers Rise of something. Um, but either way. The only thing I remember, I've seen a number of movies over the last couple of months, it's that line, let them come. I feel like I've heard that in every single preview for every single movie I've went to over the past like two or three months. So let them come into Fortnite Chapter 4 Season 3 with a nice Optimus Prime skin and whatever else that season has to offer. Anything else on Fortnite, John? I know you're a rabid Battle Royale fan over there. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I, like there's a couple of crossovers that they that they bring in that pique my attention but not enough for me to actually download this game again um yeah cool great enjoy um everyone trying to get a transformer in fortnite because or a little blue game. raptor that kind of looks yeah. jurassic park-esque so yeah i just i don't know i i, I don't see what's appealing about this game at all still i, I just don't get it Okay, Boomer, let's move on yeah, to the right? last game. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I mean, Fort, uh, Battle Royales are a dime a dozen now. Like, I just don't understand, like, I, I just don't, I've never understood, like, the, whatever. The appeal, just, yeah. Yeah. I get it, 100%. Every game is not for everyone. Uh, Fortnite being one of those games, I don't really play too much of either. Uh, this final game is another one. Uh, this series in particular is not one that really draws me in too much. Jeff really hyped up this final thing, uh, and it ended up being something that pretty much leaked and was heavily rumored for many, many months now, and that is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think the trailer looks great. I think on top of that, the trailer kind of gives... Um, Without going too much into spoilers, I think it shows a little bit of what we could see with a break in a timeline uh, or maybe a concurrent parallel timeline running with some of the other events of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, at the same point, I feel like if you're going to end the show and hype up something a lot, you want it to be something very different and something maybe people haven't seen or have been rumored about for months now. So with that in mind, uh, I think, again, Final Fantasy is an extremely popular series, don't get me wrong. But it being so heavily rumored and it being a series that we've seen many games in, on top of that, seeing Final Fantasy 16 looking even fresher than this game and coming out just a little bit later this month, I, this final thing just did not quite land for me the way I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, he def Jeff definitely overhyped it. Uh, and the last line of, the rumors are true. <laughs> and then cuts to the trailer was probably the most anticlimactic thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Um, other than Nick Cage is going to be in Dead by Daylight um, <laughs> is a very close second. Uh, I here, here, here's my problem with 
And I don't know if Jeff Keighley's the one that picks where these games go, what is determined to be the grand finale. But I feel like within the last several shows, the grand finale has not been a grand finale. Well, now, one cutoff on that. I think Elden Ring was last year's ending, which I think was great. If I know it couldn't have been because it came out in February. That would have been two years ago. That was a good one. And that's fine. But what I'm saying is most of the recent ones have flopped. Agreed. Uh, the the hype, the buildup to it, you tease it at the beginning of the show. That's going to be a grand finale. It's going to be a one more thing. Everyone gets super excited for it. And then it's like, okay, cool. It's it's a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, we get it. Final Fantasy is big. It's, it's huge. Great. I mean, I don't know. Like, to me, it, it like, yeah, it's big. Yes, Final Fantasy fans are going to freak out. But to me, this is not a grand finale. I really don't think this show had a grand finale. Uh, th- there really wasn't one game that really made me go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. There's not a single. I mean, there's a lot of games where I was like, okay, that looks really cool. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I definitely want to add that to my game list. But there wasn't anything that was mind-blowing. There wasn't, like, a Starfield. There wasn't, like, um, an Elden, Elden Ring, Ring or anything yeah. like that. Like, there wasn't anything that really blew the lid off the viewer, off the gamer that wants to know what's coming up next. Uh, graphically, this game looks amazing. The story is probably going to be great also. But at the end of the day... This is, what number are we on? Final Fantasy 74? Uh, I, I just, I, I, again, it's kind of like fighting games. Like, like yes, I know you're telling a story here, but like how, how much different can this be from other games? But Final John, Fantasy? this one's going to have two discs with it. <laughs> yeah, Metal Gear Solid had two discs also back in the 90s. Congratulations. And I, I oh, no comment. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, and you're right. It didn't land as well, and I think maybe Jeff gets a little bit of a reprieve on that front because of Elden Ring. If you have a really good, big, final, last thing type of game every couple years, then people are going to tune in because, who knows, Jeff could have the next Elden Ring, or Jeff could have this surprise, or Jeff is good friends with uh, um, many different people like Kojima in the industry. Oh, could we see Kojima's Xbox project? Could we see Death Stranding 2? Who knows? He's also friends with people at From Software. Maybe we get a new look at Armored Core 6, or maybe some of their other secret projects in the works over there. Maybe Elden Ring DLC. Uh, You just never know. So Jeff has those connections. He's flagged them many, many a time, uh, and you just never know what he's going to pull out in that final slot. Uh, For me, and again, I know this did land well with the number of people out there who are big fans of Final Fantasy, just for me and I think many others who are not as big of Final Fantasy fans, uh, as well as people who just pay attention to gaming news and have heard this kind of rumored and leaked uh, for many, many months now, uh, it just didn't feel like it quite had that one more thing aspect that we've come to expect with many of these game showcases. So I think for now, the crown for one more thing goes to PlayStation. I think the PlayStation showcase with the Spider-Man gameplay at the end, people have criticized this PlayStation game or showcase rather overall, uh, but the Spider-Man gameplay landed really well, I think, with most people who aren't over there critiquing Blades of Grass and such. Uh, It was a good little nice look at some new abilities that Miles Morales is going to bring to the Spider-Man table. You have some nice Venom action going on in there as well. And for me so far, that has kind of been the best one more thing 
of the showcases with many of them still to come obviously we have xbox we have the starfield showcase as well capcom is going i believe on monday uh you can never count out uh some of the other smaller ones too like devolver digital they always bring some nice comedy to the table as well uh so there are a number of showcases still to come but for now i think playstation holds the one more thing title uh and jeff Keeley's show i think we ought to rate it as well john we've rated a lot of these showcases uh where do you land this one give me a scale either one to ten or letter grades either one works uh, I, I give it a 5.5. I just, I really wasn't that overwhelmed with it. It's like, yeah, they had some really cool stuff in there. I, I think Spider-Man really helped out quite a bit. Um, but other than that, like there just wasn't anything that really shocked me or surprised me or made me like want to hang up on a, someone I was talking to on the phone and just pay attention to my, my screen at work. Uh, there, it just, to me, it was very lackluster. And for, the first live in-person event for the Summer Game Fest, I thought just overall, um, yeah, I just, I I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I, I think they really missed the mark on this one. Yeah, I agree. And I think you kind of hit it head on the nail when you, or hammer rather on the nail, uh, when you said there just wasn't that big gameplay or game show announcement. Uh, we did see some nice gameplay. Again, Final Fantasy looked great. Alan Wake 2 was nice. The Spider-Man release date was a nice surprise. Uh, we did see some cool little things like that here and there, but it didn't feel like they had one that one more thing, a big one that pulled a lot of gamers in, and two, it just didn't really feel like many of these games stood out as something like I have to have. Uh, a number of them look cool, a number of them will be on my interest list, but it wasn't like I have to go out and pre-order that tomorrow type of thing. Uh, outside of stuff like Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man is hugely popular, but we've already seen that a number of times last month and this month. So I think it was kind of missing a little bit of that pizzazz. Uh, I would rate it somewhere probably in the C, C minus range uh, for the number scale people, somewhere around a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, I just don't feel like overall it really was that great. Uh, I think I'm a little bit of higher rating than John and probably just because a couple of these indie games struck me a little bit more and maybe because I'm a little bit of a less harsher voter. Uh, I did rate the PlayStation Showcase a little bit higher than John did as well, I think. Um, But overall, yeah, it definitely missed the mark compared to what a lot of gamers have come to expect with some of these showcases. Um, But again, I think a lot of people go cautiously optimistic into Jeff Keighley showcases because they can get a little off the tracks at times with just the variety of games he shows that don't necessarily land with everyone or land at all. Yeah. In some cases that is definitely (laughs) the case. Uh, Anything else to say on the summer game fest opening again, guys, this is just the opening. There are a number of other showcases to come from indie showcases. Uh, We did get day of the devs, which unfortunately we did not fit on our show here tonight. Um, But that showcased a number of new indie games as well from the team over at Double Fine, kind of leading the charge on that front. Uh, On top of that, the big showcase coming up next is probably the Xbox One on Sunday. Uh, That's going to be followed by a Starfield Direct, and then it's going to be followed by the PC Gaming Show. I think Capcom is that Monday. There's rumors of a potential another PlayStation Showcase later in the summer. Nintendo may have a Direct later this month as well. Uh, So it is just kind of getting kicked off for those game show announcements. I think Ubisoft is next week as well. We'll see some updates. Who knows if Skull and Bones will ever release, but we might find out about that in the show as well. Uh, last but not least, John, I know you have a graphic prepared for this one. Uh, we do have to announce Sunday's co-stream. So on top of kind of summering up or giving a summary rather of the Summer Game Fest opening show, we'll also be doing a co-stream of the Xbox show on Sunday. That's the Xbox Showcase and the Starfield Direct. It's a back-to-back two-hour showcase. On top of that, we're giving you guys a nice 30-minute or so pre-show ahead of time, giving some hints that might might come in the show as well as some hopes and dreams of ours. Uh, we'll also have a post-show afterwards. 
So again, game showcase 1 p.m. Eastern time, Starfield Direct around 2.30 p.m. That's going to run about 30 minutes, which will then follow up with a nice post show. We do have a guest for us on that show as well, and that is SB Transmissions OG Flavortown joining for the show. Might also do some call-ins as well with the audience on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN for those who want to participate in that. Again, all that action kicking off 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, June 11th. Any other thoughts, wishes, dreams, comments, concerns, John, that you want to bring to our podcast audience here before we wrap up today's show? Uh, if I catch anyone playing Nicolas Cage in Dead by Daylight, you're dead to me. <laughs> uh, Musica over there in chat. I don't think Double Find gave any game announcements themselves, but they did run the Day of the Devs for indie game developers after the Summer Game Fest show today. But... Stay tuned on Sunday. Double Fine may have a game or two in the works to show in that showcase as well. All right, Nation. That's going to do it for this Summer Game Fest edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, make sure you follow the show on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the podcast version of the show, please do leave us a review. The Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and podcatchers of your choosing. Just look us up. We are there for you. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely, guys. Follow us over on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media. Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow over here on Twitch. And again, guys, tune in for that co-stream on Sunday, June 11th at 1230 p.m. Eastern Time. Twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show, Level Up Live, typically Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, we're going to remind you one more time. Make sure you tune in this Sunday, June 11th. We co-stream the Xbox Showcase and Starfield Direct with the pre-show starting at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Sharp. We will not be late. We probably will be, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers. And as always, Level Up. up.